welcome back to another episode of Shamelessly Unapologetic with me, your host, Alana Pinsky. This week's episode, I am going to be talking all about self-awareness and what that means to be unapologetically about being self-aware and why this can help you live your most best bold life and be that badass that you know you are. So I'm Alana Pinsky and I have this podcast called Shamelessly Unapologetic and I've been doing solo episodes the past couple of weeks because it has been very hard to get guests. And I've also been procrastinating. So some of this is on me. I've been procrastinating to reach out to people. I keep saying that I'm going to scout and reach out and then I don't do it. And I think that's just because I've been so overwhelmed with me now starting school. But I really do want to take some time to hopefully like get some more guests for the rest of this season. So if you know of people you want me to interview on this show and you think that they would be perfect for the brand and that there's some alignment there, feel free to shoot me an email at the podcast email, or you can DM Shamelessly Unapologetic on Instagram. Love to hear your thoughts. Always love feedback. Anything I can do to improve or get you content that my audience wants, that's very important to me. So now taking guests for the rest of season three. Hi, how are you? Come join me. Let's have fun together. Before we get into today's topic of embracing self-awareness unapologetically, of course, every solo episode starts off with life updates. So first thing we can talk about is just my weekend. Most of my weekend was pretty eventful. I'd say that I did a lot. So on Saturday, I was in Vancouver, Washington for pretty much the whole entire day with two of my girlfriends and... There was the Beer and Wine Festival over there. And Portland was supposed to be having one of their own this weekend. But apparently it got canceled a while back and I didn't even know about it. So I still knew that I wanted to do some sort of festival and get out, which was kind of expensive. It was like $50 and they gave you tokens. And so it was 20 tokens. And so if you wanted to taste something, it was two tokens. If you wanted to try like a whole drink, it was four But you're basically getting at least five drinks with that because if you were to just get like five beers, that would be four tokens. So five times four is 20. Or if you wanted to take a shot of whiskey because they had a whiskey station, that would be like one token. Anyways, I ended up having around nine drinks that day because I was so desperate to get rid of these tokens and I wanted to make sure that I got my money's worth because I didn't want to have all these tokens left over and feel like I wasted a lot of money on the event. I definitely had to pace myself. I did more of the tasting and even just having like four ounces of beer. I think I had like three or four beers that I tried that day. It was a lot and then I would eat, I'd have to pace myself, I'd have to slow down and eat food and drink water and repeat the process. I am so surprised that I did not get super trashed like I thought I was going to. I definitely got very buzzed and I was feeling silly, but I will say I am so thankful that I did not throw up because I have not had that much alcohol in one day since who knows when. It's been a long time. I don't drink like I used to when I was like 21 or 22 years old, like when I was in college, I've grown up. And then like, you know, once you get into your 30s, drinking can be a lot harder, I feel like. And hangovers just get worse and worse as you get older. So there was that. But 
I had such a great time with my friends. I will say the live bands that were there were really good. It was just in a really nice location of Vancouver, and I'm really glad that I went. So that's what I did on Saturday. On Sunday, I basically just watched a couple of episodes of Charmed with my friend Ryan. I'm, I'm pretty sure I have mentioned that him and I have been binge watching that and that's one of his favorite shows. And then obviously like I just worked on my video. So if you haven't seen my latest video, it's me showing you my whole week of my first week at beauty school. I did do the recap podcast episode last Friday. So if you haven't listened to that, go listen to it. And now you can see the visual of me showing you what I did and learned in my first week. That was basically my weekend in a nutshell. Also, since I've started beauty school, I've had to cut back on my part-time job. I used to work my job from Mondays through Thursdays from 11 to 4, and now my hours on Mondays are like what? I think it's 9 to 5, and then on Fridays, it's from 11 to 2 or 3. And that's really all I have the bandwidth for. So while it is nice to take a break from doing all those mentor sessions, it also kind of sucks because it's less hours that I can work because I had to do a part-time school schedule. Otherwise, I would never be able to work and I wasn't going to sacrifice my weekends to work and basically just do school and work and have no social life. That's not a good or a healthy way to live. But... I will say with less days that I work, it means more sessions that I have to do in a day and it can get really draining. So I'm already starting to experience that, but I feel like if it's one day or two days of the week that I can handle and then I get the other days off, it doesn't sound as bad. So that is kind of how my work schedule got impacted. And then today I had school. So Tuesdays are a virtual day. I'm pretty sure I have mentioned last week that my school is on a hybrid model so Tuesdays are virtual at home days and so basically we did some more like iPad setup and learning about some other apps that we needed to have on our iPad. We also learned more about the dress code in further depth because we're very strict about that and then I learned a lot about blow drying theory and then how to give a proper consultation to clients. And what's nice is that we have our models, our first set of models this week. And so I'm pretty sure I'm going to practice doing a consultation on my friend who is going to get a blowout done by me. And as I mentioned last week, if you are in the Portland metro area and you're looking to get a free haircut done, let me know. You can email me or DM me. I can tell you what I have available. Anyways, I'm not going to go into all of that, but just know the door is open in case you're available on Thursdays around 2 p.m., to get a haircut within the next eight weeks, let me know. Let's get into today's topic. This is all about embracing self-awareness unapologetically and thriving. While we're being this unapologetic badass self, sometimes that's gonna come into embracing challenges that are gonna come along our way and we have to learn how to turn those opportunities to help ourselves grow. And I do believe self-awareness is something that really helps with that. I feel like we pretty much know what it means to be self-aware. I mean, it means you know how to truly be yourself, you know what your strengths are, you know what your weaknesses are. I feel like you're more emotionally in tune with yourself, so that can stem from like being very emotionally intelligent, and you understand your emotions and what they mean. I feel like when you possess self-awareness, it really allows you to take more control of your life 
and allows you to continue to grow as a person. You are self-aware. Hopefully, you know what it means to be imperfect. Nobody is perfect. I sure to God know that I am absolutely not perfect. I am always fucking up in so many different ways, and I'm fully aware of that. There you go. There's me being self-aware about how I know that I'm not perfect and that there are so many things that I can prove upon. But there's a difference between like your weaknesses and then you have like these imperfections that sometimes you can own that aren't necessarily like a negative thing. We all have some sort of like imperfection about us. And we have to remember that they don't define us, but they can make us unique. You know, if you have quirks or flaws, that's just kind of what makes you you. And it doesn't necessarily have to be negative. Like an imperfection can be having like freckles on your face. Maybe you don't like your freckles, but maybe you've always been well known for your freckles. It's kind of what makes you you. Even if you don't want that to make you you, even it can go to something as like wearing glasses. Like I'm known as the person wearing glasses and I own that. And that's what makes me me. Your imperfection is that you can't see very well, but your glasses help you with that. I don't know. I'm just kind of giving like weird examples here to kind of help you just like embrace your quirks and your flaws. I think for me, one of my like quirky flaws is that I am a very loud person and I don't mean to be loud. It's very accidental. Like I'm very aware that I'm loud, but I also have a very hard time controlling my volume because it's just kind of who I am. I don't really know how to change it. And if I tone it down, then I know I'm not going to be myself. But it's also something that I just naturally am. I come from a very loud family. So if I accidentally am talking loud where it sounds like I'm shouting, it's not that I'm shouting. It's just that I have a very loud voice. But the people that know me, they are so used to me just being loud that it doesn't phase them anymore. And they just like that it's just a part of me that makes me me. I've stopped apologizing for being loud. It's just who I am and I will say it does get annoying when like my parents say like Alana you're being low way too loud or lower your voice. I'm like I'm not. I'm naturally loud. I got it from you and if you don't like it I don't know what to tell you but I can't help it. I truly can and when I tell my mom she's being loud she then gets mad at me and calls me being disrespectful. So it's like I try to return the same energy. She'll just deny it. My mom's inauthentically herself. She will never ever own up to anything. She will never live her truth. And she will continue to live a false reality. And you know what? That's not my problem. That's her problem. But I will not apologize for being me. And she can continue to apologize for being herself. Most people in my family are like that. I will never need anyone's approval or seek that kind of validation just for my quirks. And I think one thing that comes with like self-awareness comes with self-compassion and knowing that you're gonna make mistakes and being able to recognize those mistakes. I know we can be very critical of ourselves. I think what's important is that when you build up self-compassion for yourself, it makes you more resilient and stronger. And you're able to recognize that. And sometimes it can be a slow burn. What I love about self-awareness and resiliency is that it truly is like this superpower that really does allow you to bounce back from those setbacks and growth so you can be even more of a badass. And I've made a whole podcast episode about being resilient. Definitely listen to that after this episode because I feel like I shared a lot of great life lessons in there about becoming more resilient and how 
that can help you thrive in life. Now that I've sort of defined like being self-aware and why like it's a good thing and how it can help us shape us to who we are. You know, I always talk about like my own personal experiences and how I tie this into what I want to talk about in terms of like improving yourself. So I have four key moments where self-awareness became really huge for me and it really helped me discover like what do I really need for myself to thrive and I had these crazy moments of realization. So one of the most recent things and honestly I don't think it's that recent. I feel like this has kind of happened and something that I thought of myself for the past couple of years actually. I have never wanted to stay in corporate America forever and even though I had loved being in recruiting I also knew that I did not want to be a recruiter for the rest of my life. I think it was maybe two and a half to three years of having my YouTube channel. I knew for myself that I really wanted to be a full-time content creator so badly. I also knew that I was not financially there yet. So very self-aware. I was always humble about my content creation journey. I knew that I was smaller. I knew that I just do not have enough vanity metrics that is going to allow me to do this full-time. As I started having more and more corporate roles and basically having to work for another company, I came to realize, oh my God, I fucking hate this. And I know that I absolutely do not want to be working for another company ever again. Startups was kind of what taught me that. I realized after my last startup, which was Cerebral, I realized I am done. This is just a terrible environment for me. It's just not worth my time. And that's when I thought, okay, maybe I just realized like I need to not be in startups. I think I could still try to make corporate America work for me while I'm still growing my following and still making a name for myself. Maybe I just need to work at a bigger company, like a big tech company like Amazon. Well, I lasted nine months at Amazon and I got laid off and now Amazon's starting to treat their employees even worse now, which makes me really sad to hear of what's been going on with Amazon lately and their whole forced return to office policy and forced relocations. It is a mess, y'all. I'm not going to get into it, but I have realized, you know what? Just fuck working for another company. Fuck it all. And that's when I realized, you know what? I think I truly can do this whole hairstylist thing. I won't have to work for corporate America ever again. I'm going to be on a completely different pay structure on a different schedule. I'm in a completely different environment. This truly will be a much more stable career because even if I decide to not work at someone else's salon, I could eventually start my own salon, work for myself while I'm building out my clientele. Of course, well, I want to make sure that I have a clientele first before I do that. But it gets to a point where I get to make money on my own and I'm not making money for somebody else. And while I could do that in a commission-based salon, it's still a completely different environment than working at a corporate American office and having a company basically own everything that you do. So I'm really glad that I finally just come to senses that I just have to leave corporate America. And even though I still want to be a full-time content creator, I absolutely still want to do hairstyling on the side and do that part-time. I absolutely am so content with the decision that I made, and I know that this is a much better career path for me. Even if while I'm still working for my real career path, 
the hairstylist stuff won't go away just because I decide, okay, I want to be a full-time content creator. No, I'll still take clients. Kind of like, you know, doing the whole Brad Mondo situation where he still does his own thing being a hairstylist while also creating content. Any other, like, hairstylist influencer out there is still working in some capacity. So you got to remember that. I want to be that person, but I also don't want my content to focus on hair stuff at the same time. It's just a different part of me, but... You get the point. One of the biggest things of self-awareness that also has come to help me recognize better is my mental health issues. I will tell you that it took me so long for me to really start listening to my own mental health issues. I tried to start listening to it in college where I was getting really bad test anxiety and I was failing all of my exams because I couldn't retain anything that I was studying. I was a good student. I did my homework, I went to class, I rarely missed class, and I would study and study. I did everything that I was supposed to do, but I couldn't retain anything. And that's when I eventually got diagnosed with ADHD and even a learning disability, and I started taking meds for that, and I realized, okay, these meds don't work, and I weaned myself off of them when I should have never done that because I never talked to anybody about how those meds weren't working for me and I wasn't taking the right kinds of anxiety medications at the time and I didn't realize that those medications weren't right for me. But I will say I was proud of myself for at least recognizing that like I needed help. After the pandemic started, winding down just a tiny bit in 2021, I mean, we were still in a pandemic, but I not only was doing therapy, but I also was seeing um, psychiatric mental health nurse practitioners and I was getting new drugs prescribed to me and then I finally found something that really worked for me. It took me a really long time to really recognize like, okay, where do I mentally need help? Like I need more than just therapy. I also need medication management to help me with this. And yes, it took me a really long time to recognize that. I'm glad that I developed that self-awareness to help me regulate myself better and I will say my meds have been life-saving drugs for me and I don't know what I would be without them. A big moment of self-awareness was being able to recognize that the people who truly did bully me in grade school really were the real ugly ones. I realized, you know what, I am so much better than I thought I was. I used to believe that I was ugly and that I had no friends. I let people gaslight me and make me question my reality and my sanity all the time. I let people walk all over me. It took me a while to realize, oh my God, how did I not recognize that these people truly were not my friends, that these people were fake? And even though I recognized that really late, I'm glad I at least made myself aware, like nobody had to point that out for myself. It just took a long time for things to click for me. Once I eventually realized like these are people who don't serve any purpose in my life, whether they were bullies or fake friends, I was able to finally come to terms with like, I need to eliminate them from my life. They do not get to follow me on social media. They do not get to be in my phone anymore. Like I deleted a lot of numbers. They do not get to have any part of my life and they do not get to experience that. So block and delete, goodbye. You were dead to me. And then I think the last thing that I had a moment of self-awareness was being able to recognize that 
I have a big personality and I'm very well aware of my big personality and I've learned to embrace that. And I've also discovered that me being bold and loud and opinionated definitely will piss people off. I at least I am self-aware to know that the things that I say and do are not harmful and don't hurt people. The last thing I would ever want to do is to hurt people or send out harmful messages out in the world. And I know that's not me. People may still think of me as like this loud, obnoxious, and sometimes people will still call me a narcissist and I think that's laughable because look up the definition of what a narcissist is because I am absolutely not that. And if I was, I would at least admit to it and talk about like, you know, I suffer from a narcissistic personality disorder and this is what I'm doing to help myself. I don't have to do that because I know I'm not a narcissist. Like, I know what that means. And it's just so laughable that that's what people think of me. You're going to hear criticism about yourself and... Sometimes that criticism can make you more self-aware and that's kind of like one of the next topics that I wanted to go into. I do think that criticism and feedback can play a role into helping you become more self-aware. Even if someone kind of has to give you that criticism, you can reflect on it and learn from it and then if you feel like you're catching yourself doing the same bad thing that you were getting criticized for, hopefully it becomes easier on yourself to the point where you can learn to continue to transform your life and grow. They say that you are your worst critic and that it is really easy to let your own inner voices get to you. But what you have to remember is that you have to transform any negative self-talk into empowering affirmations. And I'm sure you're so sick and tired of me talking about affirmations. I will never stop stressing the importance of affirmations because it truly will help you thrive. It is so important to remind yourself of like what you've achieved, what you're capable of, what your worth is, and what skills you bring to the table. You have to speak to yourself like you are a powerful and radiant human being. I just want you to trust me on that. And also, when it does come to mastering self-awareness, I talked about earlier, you gotta be open to constructive criticism and feedback. Sometimes it can be really hard to get constructive criticism, and also people don't necessarily know the difference between constructive criticism and feedback versus being an insulting downright asshole. Constructive criticism is being like, hey, let's let's use my podcast for example. I am very aware that people like to rate my podcast very low. And while it does suck to see people rate my podcast low, and I wish I knew why. The problem is that I don't get any good constructive feedback or criticism on what I can do to improve, which is why I believe the low ratings on my podcast are just petty reviews of people being like, ugh, I didn't like this episode, or ugh, I can't stand this person. Because that says more about them than it does about me. But if someone were to actually like leave me a comment and say, I felt like this episode didn't really teach me much. I was expecting something more like this, but instead I got this and that's not what I was looking for. And that is constructive feedback. I'm like, because I want to know like, oh, well, what is it that you were looking for? Because that's good feedback for me to implement for future episodes. Or if I ever wanted to make a part two to the episode and mention stuff that people, what they really want to know, then that's important for me. Constructive criticism and feedback has to do with, I don't like how you said something like this. 
I would appreciate if you worded it like this way or I got some feedback that you did something that hurt somebody's feeling and I want to let you know that this is what's going on. Being open to receiving that and trying not to get defensive. Sometimes you will get criticism and feedback that truly may sound like bullshit and you know that that's not to be true. You have to figure out what is worth defending yourself for. Because if it feels like your character is getting attacked when you're getting constructive feedback, because I've had my character attacked at work where people have said that I'm being rude when I was simply being direct and I never said anything rude or condescending. Like I will never forget the time where I slacked our chief financial officer at Cerebral. I had a question for her. God, I can't remember what the question was about. Oh, it was something about equity, if I remember. And she didn't answer my question. So I said, I do understand that and I do know that information, but basically like repeated my question to her and she still didn't answer the question. So I tried to ask her a third time, like I had to ask this bitch three times my question and she still didn't fucking answer it. But I was professional and I was just simply direct and I'm like, listen, like I'm just trying to get the answer to my question. And I was getting very frustrated that she wasn't answering my question. I never was rude. And so then... She basically tattled on my boss saying like, hey, Alana was really rude in this Slack conversation. I'm like, oh, you got to be fucking kidding me. I never did anything wrong and I have the screenshots to prove it. I showed my boss the screenshots. I'm like, please tell me where I was being rude. Nowhere here was I being rude. I like explained to her like, you know, I asked her a question three times and she didn't answer it, but I did not lose my cool. You know, I tried to word it direct. I was just simply directing like, hey, you didn't answer my question. I didn't even use that language. Think about what is really constructive feedback. I tried to like be mindful of it, being like, okay, if this is what makes somebody uncomfortable and if that's what's going to get me out of trouble at work, then I'll try to find another way to word something. But it was bullshit. It was such bullshit when I didn't do anything wrong. But sometimes you really have to see where can you apply your self-awareness? Because if you do get feedback, hey, like you said this, that was hurtful or harmful to somebody then I could be like, okay, I see what you mean. Thanks for letting me know. I want to do something to make it right. And that can help you grow and learn as a person. It's always important to embrace opportunities for growth and learning. But, you know, sometimes you're going to get feedback that's going to be absolute bullshit. And then sometimes you just truly do have to defend yourself. But if you are getting provided feedback that is very valid and maybe you truly are in the wrong or maybe it's not something you did wrong but something that you could just approve like you're just getting feedback on how something can improve in terms of like a process or whatever just listen actively and figure out what you can do to enhance that and that comes from you and like what you know people seem to not realize that being this unapologetic badass who's self-aware doesn't mean that you're being arrogant or that you're being closed off to learning it's all about recognizing that feedback can be a really invaluable tool to your journey of self-improvement. And sometimes, yes, that feedback can be bullshit, but there is a lot of great feedback out there that you will receive that truly can make you better. And then the last thing that I want to say here is that when you are going to be this badass who is embracing self-awareness, it does allow you to be more authentic and it still allows you to still be yourself and to basically own what you are. When you live authentically, you're going to continue to inspire others to do the same and you're going to become that role model and somebody who has really mastered and practiced self-awareness so that 
they can continue to grow better and hopefully you can continue to grow and be better. That's where I will leave it off at. I think embracing your imperfections, practicing more self-compassion, empowering yourself, accepting feedback, and marching to the beat of your own drum is the best way to live a very fulfilling and self-aware life. I truly did hope that this episode left you feeling inspired and that you're ready to embrace being more self-aware and continue to be that badass bitch that you are. I want to thank you once again for listening to me. I hope if you enjoyed this episode that you share it with your friends and that you leave a really great review on your favorite podcast listening platform. And don't forget that you can always email the podcast at shamelesslyunapologeticpodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to follow us at shamelesslyunapologetic on Instagram. And with that, I will see you next week with a brand new episode. Bye!